Welcome back to another episode of Bravo and Blaze with Jenny Blaze. We are reviewing the latest episode of The Traders, U.S. Season 2, Episode 9, A Game of Death. Let's go. If you do not want spoilers, I suggest and recommend streaming the latest episode of The Traders U.S. Season 2, Episode 9, Game of Death on Peacock right now. Go do it before watching this. This review is intended for anyone looking for additional thoughts on The Traders' latest episode, plus a mix of additional media coverage from ancillary podcasts and social media. Just as a disclaimer and a reminder, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. This is for entertainment purposes only. We do not condone toxic behavior of any kind. Today, I'm going to do things a little differently. I'm going to walk through the episode and postmortem show first. Then we'll go into the ancillary podcast. This week, we have Tamara Judge and Janelle doing Talking Traders with Bergie. And Tamara did an interview with Dan. So that's two podcast episodes. Johnny Bananas did an episode on death taxes and bananas with Parvati. And then we have Dan Giesling, who's back. He interviewed Sandra. Sandra? Sandra. Not sure which is right. I think she goes by Sandra. Anyways, you think we would get away from Nick Vile at some point, but the guy just keeps popping up. He interviewed Peter. So I, I just listened to that one part, but... I have a link to a Spotify playlist with all the Ancillary Traders podcasts that I've been li listening to. So check that out in the show notes. Let's go into season two, episode nine of The Traders. The episode description for A Game of Death is a faithful and a traitor clash. A faithful must decide their fate after being given an ultimatum. So just as a recap, last episode was the Haggis Cabin Mission which looked like my worst nightmare. We left off with Kate in the dungeon yelling, what the fuck to Fergus? Because Phaedra chose her to give the ultimatum, which is to die or become a traitor. And I started thinking about this. I wonder if they, if, if Phaedra picked Peter, I wonder if he'd be like, I choose to die. Like who would choose to die in this scenario? <laughs> I need to know if you would put a comment down below. We start off in the dungeon and Phaedra tells Kate that she thinks she's going to be a crazy cool killer with her. Kate accepts. Phaedra says, awesome, and gives her the cloak. Kate is so funny. She's like, I do love a dramatic cloak and I do love a VIP club and I do love knowing secrets. So I guess I'm a traitor now. It might be fun. And I agree. Like, I also love anything camp and dramatic, like a big robe slash cloak with a big hoodie. Love it. Give me one. This is why they need, like, an amusement park for us. Love a VIP club and also love secrets. <laughs> so Phaedra says to Kate, follow me because we got to murder someone. And I did not realize this. If you guys listened to my last review from the last episode, I thought they would, it would be announced or somehow everyone would know at breakfast that somebody was recruited and that they were given an ultimatum. And now that I think back, I need to go back to season one to see if 
they said anything when Ari was recruited. I didn't know that, like, basically, team traders get two legs up on this round because, one, they get to recruit someone and they get to murder someone. That's like a win-win for them. This is like a double hit against the Faithfuls. So in the turret, Phaedra calls the turret her penthouse. <laughs> I love that they're debriefing because Kate's like, so were you recruited or, you know, have you been in here the whole time? And Phaedra like gives her the debrief that she's been a traitor since the beginning with Dan. Phaedra throws shade at Dan, even when he's already gone. Phaedra said being a traitor with Dan was like eating dry Melba toast with no butter, no jam, no nothing. It's like, I believe that. Uh, so they're like, so who do we kill? And Kate is so hilarious because she's like, you don't have a strategy. I just got here, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But Kate's like, I don't know. Kevin's pretty annoying. It's just Kate is so funny in this role now because she as much as like she seemed like the best person to recruit. I don't know if she is. She doesn't know what she's doing. Phaedra mentions Peter because he's a dictator. Kate reminds Phaedra that he puts a dick in dictator. And we'll get to Peter. Peter. Ugh. Flaccid. He makes me flaccid. Phaedra also reminds Kate that they can't misfire because they don't know who has the shield. Phaedra thinks Peter might have the shield, which he doesn't. It was Trishel. I think Phaedra just doesn't want to take a chance wasting their murder. Kate mentioned Trishel because of all her bullet points. So they're down to Trishel and Kevin. And we know that Trishel has a shield. So we don't know who they kill yet. But Kate, she's so funny. She's like, this is kind of fun. Sign seal delivered. You're dead. This is fun. <laughs> they deserve it. All right, let's go to breakfast. So at breakfast, Kate says she's nervous. She's not a good liar. Think she should stick with gunning for Peter, you know, vocally to not draw any suspicion to herself now that she's switched sides. Sandra comes in. Sandra mentions Peter. So Kate works that angle, which is great. Good opportunity. CT comes in. Sandra is the one who brings up Peter being a liar. CT makes it clear that Peter is rubbing him the wrong way because he doesn't listen to anyone else and he's not consistent says it's one thing to act like a traitor, it's another thing to play like a traitor, which is a very, very good point if you're playing the faithful game. Peter walks in, he's shocked, he's alive. <laughs> I don't know how Peter's still here. MJ immediately confronts Kate, asks her if everything is okay. The light in Kate's face is not totally there. That's like witch shit. And I love it. He goes on to say, this is why I don't smoke weed because I get paranoid. I don't know if I was a faithful, would I still be eating the salmon? I don't know. And like, literally, that's probably how I would be too. Sheree walks in. She's so relieved. And I think it's so funny because she has no reason to be worried at all. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Sheree is going to win this. But I think this is when Sheree like actually realizes she's playing a game because she's like, we have some work to do. Hello. <laughs> she's entered the chat. So next we have Phaedra walk in. Peter confronts her immediately. He says like, are we going to be good? 
He said, so let's work together. And he asked her, who does she think it is? She just says, I don't know. <laughs> and this is where Peter is demonstrating how he does way too much. And it's not like in a, I'm trying really hard kind of way. It's more like an entitled, arrogant, WSM kind of way. I'm not going to explain what WSM is. If you know, you know. But I think Peter has that. And it's so annoying. It makes me flaccid. I'm impotent around Peter. John walks in. Now we're down to, okay, is it Trishel or Kevin? We know Trishel has a shield. Trishel comes in. Hence, we know Kevin was murdered. They cut back to the turret, Phaedra and Kate. They decide to kill Kevin to send Peter into a spiral. Phaedra wants to see him break like a little toy plane. Kevin, they show him getting his letter. He just, I really thought he was going to get to like the top three. So I am kind of bummed about that. I, I liked his way of playing the game, even though it was like kind of, there wasn't much to it, but he said his, in the after show, in the postmortem after show, he said he was trying to be like part of the team, like build the team up, go with the strong people, kind of follow the herd and just kind of go under the radar. And he did that pretty well for a while, but he's so funny. He's like, do I get to keep this letter? Which I want to know, did he keep the letter? Back at breakfast, Trishel immediately says she had the shield and that only a few people knew, which is interesting. Kate is shocked. They almost murdered Trishel and hasn't fully processed her shift from faithful to traitor and that she's not even thinking like a traitor yet. Phaedra is so funny. She's asking for smoked salmon at breakfast. <laughs> she still is like unfazed at breakfast. Alan comes in, tells Peter, which is kind of funny. He's, he orders Peter to bring the picture of Kevin. Alan makes some kind of, you know, speech like he does, throws the picture and says, not really. And it just gave me big Luann, Countess Luann vibes. Not really. Well, you not really. So we're still at breakfast. Peter is panicking that Kevin's gone. He feels like he's losing and I'm rooting against Peter. I don't want Peter to win. He's annoying me so much. He is the new Dan. All right, so now we break off into side theories in the castle. Kate asked Peter if he likes the traders better than The Bachelor, and he said yes. The traders is stressful, but The Bachelor is way more stressful. And I don't watch that show, so I don't know. I just think it's so weird that there's a show where these people are, like, all fighting for one person's love. Like, what the hell is going on over there? Whatever. Same with, like, Love Island and those shows i just it's just too weird i'm i don't get it anyways we got trishel ct and phaedra in the kitchen trishel asks them what they think about kevin being murder ct mentions peter being sus phaedra jumps on the bandwagon as she should and i just cry at this clip of phaedra and ct mirroring each other going eh. <laughs> they're so I want them to fall in love. And I have to admit my whole CT and Phaedra showmance fantasy really came to an end when Phaedra decided to recruit Kate over CT. If she 
pick CT, this would be a different game. And I'll get to my fan fiction fantasy of CT and Phaedra in a little bit. So then we get John and Trishel. They start talking about the numbers and how they need at least five votes to win the majority. Trishel thinks they're they're done. They're doomed. Sandra, Phaedra, MJ, and Sheree are together, and they're talking about how Peter is demonstrating traitor behavior. Like I said, Sheree has entered the chat. She's like, yo, this boy, Peter, he's boy who cried wolf. Thank you, Sheree, for participating. Cut to Trishel, John, and Peter. Peter is clueless, and this is this WMS syndrome coming in. Like, who does he think he is? He's so clueless but yet still thinks that he is doing something i find it to be so irritating it triggers me so we got peter who goes and talks to ct he's floored that ct says straight to his face that he's gunning for him and i have to say ct is hot in this moment there is nothing hotter than a man who is brutally honest and can be direct without being mean and nasty. And I just love it. He's not a wussy pussy like some people we know. Banner pump rules. He uses logic and rationalization to explain his thought process. And he doesn't let up. Peter is a whiny little bitch boy. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. It's just enough. All right. So let's go to the mission. This mission, they enter this church. There's people in cloaks with hoods, wearing gold masks, holding canes, big canes, lined up down the aisle, like of the pews. They're banging their canes. Then Alan walks through them like he's on a runway. <laughs> I love it. So this mission, each player has a stained glass window with their name on it. And they take turns shooting a crossbow to try to break a window. The person with the last window still standing gets a shield and is protected from being murdered. For the prize money, they start with $25,000, but every time they fire a crossbow and miss, they get $250 deducted. Alan asks, who do you think does not deserve a shield? And I could not help but feel like that is a lot like who would you throw off your wagon? Like Heather Gay's game from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So Phaedra goes first, and I think it's important who goes first because they set the stage, and she goes for John. CT goes for Kate, someone totally different. She says to him he'll probably miss anyways. Kate is next and goes for CT, but says she's going alphabetically. Sandra goes for John. And miss it. everyone's missing, by the way. Sheree goes for John. John goes for MJ. And John is so angry he misses. But Trishel goes for Sheree, says that aiming is very difficult. Phaedra decides to go for Sheree and says it's a tactical move on her part because the aim is so difficult. So going after her fellow housewife person. It's not like personal or whatever. And she shoots and it's still too low. People are still going and missing. Kate goes, Sandra goes, MJ goes, MJ says she's going for Sheree. Sheree's like, at this point, Sheree's like on board with her kidding out. <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, no, you don't want your window broken. 
But for the greater good, she's like, yeah, yeah, I get it, whatever. And so MJ gets it. MJ's MVP, I think, of this episode. But anyways, Phaedra goes for Peter, and she gets it. So Peter cannot get a shield. CT goes for Phaedra. He gets it, and Phaedra cheers for him. Shrey gets MJ. I'm confused. I need to go back, but it looked like Sandra got her own. And I thought that was kind of weird. I need to ask her about that. But Kate goes for CT and misses. Seven people miss CT's window. And there's three windows at the top. All the rest are gone, except for Trishel's, who's in the bottom right corner. So it's Phaedra's turn. Sandra says, maybe you should go for Trishel. And CT is like triggered. And he's like, that feels like a traitor move. Like, why would you do that? And Trishel says she thinks it's a bad strategy and says that makes them a traitor if she goes for Trishel. And Phaedra still goes for Trishel. She meets, but Kate gets Trishel. CT, John, and Kate are still available on the top. Phaedra goes for Kate and gets it. CT goes for John and he gets it. And it was so ct gets the shield he feels like phaedra and sandra demonstrated traitor behavior by going for trishel i don't understand this logic completely because it really didn't seem like they were trying to go for trishel because they had something against her and more was like we haven't gotten one let's just get this but also at the same time why would you switch it up when you're already aiming for this one area. I don't know. I don't know. In the cars, Trishel, Sheree, and Peter are in a car together. And Trishel makes a note that it was weird that Phaedra went for her instead of staying on that top row. That's like a big deal for them. Back at the castle, we got Peter, Trishel, John. Peter says, believe it or not, I'm I'm going to be up for banishment. Like, no shit, Peter. You suck. And it's so, it's baffling to me that he's like, believe it or not, guys, like, what kind of WMS do you have that you are that cocky that you're like, why would they pick me? Of course they're going to pick you. You're the worst. You are a traitor. Even though you're not a traitor, you literally have traitor behavior. Oh, I can't stand Peter. Sandra walks in. Peter pitches to her. Sandra is so good in this moment because she excuses herself to get out of committing to anything and says she'll know what her decision is when she hears him talk at the round table. I really like that move. When Sandra leaves, Trishel's like, she tells John, you got to get Sandra to change her mind. So MJ, Sheree, and Phaedra are together. Peter wants to separate Phaedra from the rest of the group so Trishel can go in and convince the rest of the faithfuls that Phaedra is a traitor. I do kind of like that move, but again, Peter's just like, act. he acts like he's this grand leader and like he's just wild and crazy in this game. He's so unhinged. Kate and Sandra start eavesdropping over Phaedra and Peter. And like I said before, Peter's the new Dan. I can't stand him. He is what is wrong with this world. He has a big case of WMS. Can't stand it. So Trishel comes in, makes it makes her move. Kate sticks up for Phaedra by calling out Peter again. Trishel points out that the Bravo people have blind loyalty towards Phaedra. 
And Sheree right away was like, that's not true. She said it kind of quietly, but MJ is the one who was like, very clear that she's not here to win a personality test. And this is what I love, my girl MJ. Mm. I saw that Vita energy coming through and I just loved it. I would totally watch Vita and Tommy on the traders. Also, side note, I would watch just a show about MJ, Vita, and Tommy together on their own show. Or bring Shaw's back with Reza and Gigi. Forget Mike. Can we get Shervin back? Is that his name? Shervin? Shervin? No Nima. Don't bring back Nima. I think it could be fun. CT goes to Trishel to talk to her about Sandra and Phaedra about them being traitors. CT asked Trishel and they agreed to vote out Phaedra and they hug. This moment was so freaking hot. CT, just like, ugh. The fact that he made a decision is not a wussy pussy. He's like, he thought about it. And he's like, I'm not sure she could be. And you could tell, like, he doesn't want to just be flighty with his decision. He wants to be confident in it. And he trusts Trishel. The, you know, things are lining up. He's starting to get it. And he's like, all right, let's do this. And I was just like, so turned on. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. Oh, my trader's boner is back. Thank you, CT. Okay, now at the round table. Kate comes in, starts to feel comfortable at the round table as a trader. John thinks they should get rid of Phaedra. John starts by saying this is a pivotal moment, a turning point, and he thinks Phaedra is a traitor, even though she's a magnificent person. He points out two people that were banished as traitors, both named Phaedra as traitors, which is pretty important. And he says, she shall be banished until eternity. <laughs> so dramatic. Phaedra comes in hot telling John to take it down a notch. She is so good at reading people. Like, I have so much respect for Phaedra. She is a good lawyer because she's clearly a traitor, but she did not give up. She did not go down with a, without a fight. She said, I'm glad you're not God. While John would like to protect Peter, both traitors were in collusion with his bromance friend Peter. She threw Peter on the bus and I loved it. Peter's like, what are you talking about? That's not true. She's like, your little boy Peter likes me so much he wants to work with me. Phaedra reminds everyone that Peter's been sneaking around and having private conversations, which is true. Peter rationalizes his private conversation saying, we're playing a game called The Traders. <laughs> Whiny little bitch boy. <laughs> the Traders. <laughs> I mean, he's right, but it's still funny to laugh. <laughs> oh, Lord, I love this show. Phaedra tells Peter, this is when Phaedra finally drops the line we've been all waiting for. This is not The Bachelor, and I don't need to kiss your ass for a rose. Woo! He was gagged. Peter was gagged. <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. But Peter says that makes him angry and that he liked Phaedra just now. And I find I know that like they're wrapped up in these games and it's very emotional, but I find it to be 
funny how they take everything so personally. And I guarantee if I was in this situation, I'd be the like completely unhinged. I'd be a complete wreck. So what it's whatever. <laughs> I love it. So CT interrupts and he throws out the suspicion that Phaedra wanted to go for Trishel and says he thinks she's a traitor. Trishel jumps in and supports CT, which is part of their plan. Sandra chimes in, says it's weird that Peter wanted to save Parvati, who turned out to be a traitor, and Sheree agrees. Peter stays firm in his reason reasoning and talks to the group as if he's the leader. And that's the WMS that annoys me. So we get down to voting. Phaedra votes for Peter. Sandra votes for Peter. By the way, Sandra is awful at this game. She has not gotten, she's not doing that great. She's still there, but she hasn't like done anything that's been super tactical or strategical in any way. She's just kind of like skirting by and she keeps getting it wrong at banishment at the round tables. Reminds me of, uh, what's his name? Was it Quincy in season one? He got to, he got to the end, but literally he got it, all the banishments wrong. I find that to be hilarious. Okay, so Peter votes for Phaedra. John votes for Phaedra. Trishel votes for Phaedra. CT votes for Phaedra. But then Sheree votes for Peter, thinks he didn't turn down the recruitment. Sheree, she doesn't know how to play this game, and it's so funny to me. But Kate also votes for Peter because she knows he's not a traitor, and she's a traitor. So, of course, vote out Peter. She's like, dude, am I? I think my job is to protect Phaedra, right? That's something I think each traitor has to decide. Clearly, Dan and Parvati weren't ready to be faithful to the traitors, but Phaedra is a faithful traitor. That's what I love about her. So we're completely split down the middle. MJ is the last vote. Alan says, MJ, it's up to you. Who do you think is a traitor and why? The episode ends. We're left on a cliffhanger. I think she's going to vote out Phaedra. Like, I obviously don't want her to, but I think she is. So I want to know what all your predictions are. Leave a comment. Let's go into postmortem. This week, they showed how Kate became a traitor. Phaedra says she chose Kate because she's hilarious and quirky. I wish Phaedra would have picked CT instead, but this is no shade towards Kate Chesting because I am obsessed with her. But... Kate said she wanted to be a traitor after season one. She thought being a traitor was easier, but she's saying now that she's on the other side, it is way harder. She nearly shit her pants when MJ started questioning her at breakfast. And she also noted, by the way, (laughs) saying, why does it look like the light has been drained out of you is not very polite. It's worse than saying you look tired. And I totally agree. However, if you watch Shaw's and you know Vita June, you know that is like kind of just their style. <laughs> they just are so blunt. Here's for all of you who have not seen Shaw's. MJ's wedding day, okay? MJ has her glam team. They're getting her all dolled up and they were heavy on the bronzer. 
But Vita, her mother, walks in and it doesn't like go off or anything, which she may have done in prior seasons, but she just was like, Mercedes, are you going to fix your makeup? Like, I can't do her accent, but she's like, MJ's like, oh, it's good, whatever, I love it. And Vita goes, Mercedes, your face looks like the color of wood. I love them. I mentioned Kevin's strategy in postmortem. He was saying again that he likes he wanted his plan was to go in, find people who had a lot of experience in gaming and follow their plan. He did that. But because he was in cahoots with Peter and he called that the twitchy eye, I think that's why he got the boot. And also because they knew they knew that Kevin didn't have a shield. That was a big determining factor. Cause remember from the Haggis cabin mission. Kevin was just taking it like a champ, getting maggots dumped on him while he held the lights on for everyone in the tunnels. And then they had to wind up, CT had to wind up going back and getting him to bring him back through the tunnels. <laughs> and CT ripped through middle. It was so hot. Let's get more money. Okay. <laughs> getting a boner again. Okay. Kevin mentions in postmortem how he feels that the traitors is way different than Bling Empire, obviously. He thought he would be more under the radar. He thought he was good at keeping the team together and building it. He wishes he read the table better, also not overcommitted and not been so rigid so he could be more fluid when it came down to voting at the roundtable. Kate mentioned she used to love round tables as a faithful, but now she hates it as a traitor. Totally different vibe. I get that. I, I don't know if I would want to be a faithful or a traitor. Okay, let's move on to podcasts. I already mentioned we had a lot this week. I'm going to start with Vile Files, who had Peter on. Nick Vile had Peter on his podcast. And it's just so annoying. These two, these two men... They're like two peas in a pod. Like Nick Vile just gets like everything. <laughs> he just gets everything handed to him, I feel like. And it's it's annoying. He had every single Vanderpump Rules person interviewed on his podcast during Scandal, and he never watched the show. It's just annoying. That's so annoying. I hope nobody hates me for this. I have to just say something, though. I have been watching The Traitors for nine episodes, and not once did I notice a lisp from Peter. And I'm not trying to throw shade at him because I get tongue-tied. I might have a lisp sometimes, like just now I kind of did. And I don't try to hide it or anything, but I just thought it was so weird that I'm only noticing this for the first time on his during his interview with Nick Vile. And I was so distracted because I'm like, Am, did I miss something? How did I miss this in the show? Go check out the episodes yourself. Like I said, I have a link in the Spotify playlist. Look, I just kind of list right there. It's hard to talk. Sometimes. So let's move on to Talking Traitors with Bergie. Bergie said he had no idea that Phaedra was a traitor until Dan said something. So Dan, you did that. Oh, 
Something they said that I thought was so interesting. Phaedra had told Janelle in the beginning when Peppermint was still there that she should look out for Peppermint. <laughs> I think that is so interesting because I thought Phaedra was just like trying, like you know, like as a trader being quiet in the beginning. And then she really only started to throw things out there when she needed to. I didn't know she was actively throwing people out there in the beginning, which is pretty funny. But Bergie also mentioned he called Janelle immediately after he got murder murdered. Tamra brought up the Hunger Games song again and asked Bergie straight up, like, did you, were you able to decompress after? And he said that he listened to that Hunger Games song while he was in the shower. And that makes me even more intrigued because I got to know, like, who, I need to know behind the scenes, like, what other things are they doing to make this game so, like, such a social experiment? It's really a huge experience for the players themselves, it sounds like. And they're so tight-lipped on everything. They said that they're blindfolded on the way home and have blankets over their heads. I don't know if that's true. They also said no sex at the castle. They do not leave people together alone. So Marcus and Larsa were separated that whole time. Oh, Tamara also started talking about season three casting. And she mentioned how Johnny Bananas, there are talks, rumors that Johnny Bananas may come back similar to how Kate did this season. And I think they should do that. And Tamara also mentioned that they're talking about casting people who may already have some animosity towards one another. Should be interesting. During their recap, <laughs> Tamara reminds us all that Janelle and Dr. Will dated when they were on Big Brother. And Janelle goes, yeah, he looks a little different now. Uh, bitch, this man looks like a gray wax figure. I'm scared to death of him he creeps me out i'm sorry i'm not trying to shame him but like he looks like like not real they also mentioned reunion filming is on march 1st in la i think i said that already okay let's move on talking traders there was another episode with dan janelle was not co-hosting this one so it was just a tamra and dan one-on-one -on -one and tamra's is tamra is insisting that she knew dan was a traitor they hadn't spoken since the castle. So this podcast episode together was their first time talking since the show. And Tamara has been saying for some time since she was murdered that she thought it was Dan all along. She didn't know until she had to go up on stage for some presentation that it was actually Phaedra. But one thing on this episode that I, I liked hearing about was how they got cast on the show. Dan said he got an email for season one, but he like didn't know what it was and wound up deleting the email. Then for season two, he got a text message saying, you got two offers already sent to you via email. Like, will you please check it? And so he did. Tamara, don't forget, Tamara did Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which is a Peacock show. And you would think that they would like the casting director would talk to her directly, but apparently some agents were reaching out to her. And she, when they said the trader, she's like, yeah, I definitely want to be on the traders, but why are like, why are you guys calling me? Cause I guess the agents, they get like a cut of, you know, if they sign someone to be cast, I'm assuming. 
And so what Tamara did was she just called Peacock directly and was like, why am I going to go through them when I can talk to you guys? Tamara said to Dan something along the lines of like, well, Phaedra is the Reed queen or queen of Reed. And Dan didn't know what reading someone meant. And if you go back to my interview with Dan, Dan did mention that he knew some of the Bravo people. He is a fan of Vanderpump Rules. He's good friends with Chris and Dodie. They grew up together. But another thing that Dan said was he knew who Tamara was because his wife watches the show. And he said his wife told him, be friends with Tamara. She's very loyal. They talk about you know, who Dan would have chosen to recruit if he was Phaedra, and he said he would have picked CT. This is where we go into the fan fiction break, okay? Just imagine if Phaedra picks CT to give the ultimatum to. CT is led down to the dungeon and locked up by Fergus. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Then... Phaedra appears with her cloak and CT says, you sly fox. Phaedra says to CT, join me as a traitor or else I'll have to murder you. Just imagine this visualization of CT and Phaedra with nothing in between them except the bars of the dungeon. <laughs> the shot could have been set up so sexy. So CT, of course, chooses to be a traitor. They go back to the turret. CT picks up Phaedra. They're making out and deciding who they're going to murder while wearing dramatic cloaks. I need this fan fiction. I need this. Oh my gosh. I hope they hook up in LA on March 1st during the reunion. This is going to be good. Okay. Another podcast episode, Bananas, Death. Taxes and Bananas with Johnny Bananas and his guest was Parvati. And I just have to say, I've been on this journey with Johnny Bananas during the season of The Traders. First, he's responding to my questions in his podcast when I asked if they stay in a courtyard Marriott, which he confirmed. And I'm just getting to know Johnny Bananas more through his podcast than I did watching him on House of Villains or on The Traders, obviously. I think we might be in a relationship at this point for all I know. Just kidding. Then when Johnny had Burian as his guest, he starts talking about what he's looking for in love. And I'm just like, is this man flirting with me? But then as I'm listening to the most recent episode he has with Parvati, Johnny slips up and says, Murdy Bergy. Which I said on my show back in January. Is Johnny Bananas obsessed with me? Do I need to get a restraining order? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But speaking of flirting, Parvati and Johnny were definitely flirting on his podcast episode, and I hated it. <laughs> it just felt gross. I hated it. That was my biggest takeaway from that episode. Go check it out. They talk a little bit about the show, but I don't know. There wasn't that much that was like. Clearly, our relationship is the biggest highlight. <laughs> kidding. Okay, last one. We had Dan Giesling with Sandra. I didn't know much about Sandra before this, this show. I didn't, still don't know that much about her. All I know about her is that she's petty. She's basically like a housewife, 
But turns out she just would watch Survivor and decided to try out and went on the show one twice. She's like well-known in the Survivor community. But surprisingly, I guess she has a pretty normal life outside of her gaming. <laughs> and I laugh whenever I hear the gamers calling themselves gamers. They're so obsessed with calling themselves gamers. And I find it to be so silly, but I also kind of love it. And I want to be called a gamer. I, I think I'm a gamer at heart. But I still think it's hilarious how they put so much weight into this word. So that's all we got for this week. I know we were a little bit delayed. We had winter break with my kids. You know that I am a birthday monster if you've been following along. And next week is my birthday. So I'm starting to celebrate. And the first thing I'm celebrating with are some new kicks. Yo, check these out. Bam! I am so excited. This is how I'm spending my birthday. <laughs> Don't forget to let me know all of your predictions. Leave a comment, DM me on Instagram or leave a comment on a tweet or Instagram post. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts and social media. I'll catch you all next week. Stay lit, fam.